everyone. Welcome to Thoroughbred Weekly, our last show of the year before 2022. This morning, we're going to be talking a lot about jockeys. Yesterday, we were at Rose Hill and we saw some wonderful performances out there on the track, Ronnie. <laughs> Did we? What? Uh, what about McDonald? He could have had the... He was a couple of lengths off riding nine winners. Yes. <laughs> yes. So he, I don't know how he would have went home. He would have, If he would have went home happy riding three or... I don't know. Does he go home, Lizzie, thinking, well, I ran second six times, but I gave them every chance? Well, I saw him slapping the wall um, on the way into the jockey's room with a bit of frustration there mm. before the last winner. Uh, so I think he's, you know, he's a competitive guy. I think if he rode eight winners on the day, he'd still want to ride, you know, the nine. other two. The way, that's the way. It's ten races now, right? Mm. Yeah, he only had nine rides. <laughs> that's right. He didn't ride on the highway. He only had nine but rides. But he'd want to ride. He'd want to ride as many winners as, mm. as he's booked to ride. That's him. More on McDonald and Bowman and Clark in in a moment. Who uh, who were the stars of the show there? And young Reese Jones as well. Uh, there was awfully sad news during the week in uh, the racing community. Chris Caserta, 26-year-old rider, who now. Uh, was based in Queensland. Uh, he was a champion Taekwondo uh, exponent before he turned his hand to race riding, uh, where he first sat on a horse back in 2011. He was apprenticed to Russell Cameron in 2012 before making his debut in Wagga in 2013. And his first winner uh, came the year after that at Kiteton in March 2014. Tragically, Chris Caserta drowned on the Gold Coast this week and uh, the racing uh, world is in mourning for this young man who made Queensland his home. I didn't know Chris Caserta. Your husband Ryan managed Chris for yeah, a time. For a period of time you managed him in uh, when he was in Sydney but uh, more recently he's been very close to um, Jaden and Zach Lloyd and among other people in mm. Queensland but extremely close to the Lloyd family and they're absolutely devastated um, at his loss and, and you know thoughts are, I know he was a he was a bubbly, happy, you know, young guy who was super positive about everything that he did. And he had really strong family values. And, and I think that um, that's how, you know, everyone remembered him very fondly. He could put a smile and, on everyone's face when he walked into a room. And it's just absolutely tragic what's happened. His family, uh, our thoughts are with all of his family and friends who are not going to get over this. We mourn uh, the loss of Chris Caserta. Uh, in the same week as we celebrate a career of one of the all-time greats, Robert Thompson, who has announced his retirement after 4,447 winners. He broke Jack Thompson's record some years ago, no relation. Uh, Greg Ryan eventually went past Jack Thompson as well. Here's Robert Thompson winning on Shaskay. I think Shaskay was his first official group one. The best horse he ever rode was Romantic Dream, trained in the Hunter Valley, a brilliant two-year-old and three-year-old. But I think in those days they weren't official group ones. There's another group one for Robert on Heavenly Glow for his mate Ross Stitt, who owned the horse and uh, was trained by the Denims. Uh, here he is winning uh, Ramornis, uh, Youthful Jack winning one of four Ramornis for Robert. I know the Grafton Carnival was very special to him. Uh, the Jackal, this is the second of his Ramorni wins. He won Ramornis back to back. He also won it for his great mate Rod Northam on this horse, Big Money. At the Grafton Carnival, one of his biggest thrills in racing was winning the Grafton Cup for his father, Arthur, on My Star Sapphire back in 1981. He famously, what's this one? This, oh, this is the Herovian. He loved those trips uh, going to North Queensland. And uh, Her the Herovian, who's now, you know, a, a, a top-class galloper, who, who really made a name for himself winning these feature races up at the, the top end of Australia on the East Coast. Uh, that's another special horse to, uh, to Robert. He, he won 11 Jungle Juice Cups. Now, to anyone around Australia, Jungle Juice Cup, doesn't mean much. To people of Cessnock, it's everything. And he won it 11 times. There's a great story. He wrote a, Gary Harley was uh, telling me the other day about Top Hat Joe, one of his Jungle Juice winners. But, uh, Arthur couldn't load it onto the float. And they didn't live far from the racetrack. Couldn't load it onto the float, so Arthur said, just ride it to the track. So he rode it to the track. Robert rode it to the track <laughs> and, and stabled it, and it went on to win a Jungle Juice Cup. Before... How, how tough was he? Like he had a couple of terrible falls throughout his career and he bounced back every time. Mm. And um, his longevity and uh, for what he's done for racing, well, he's still around. He's going to mm. be a great asset in some way or another. I hope so. 
I hope so. Well, you didn't get to see the best of uh, Robert in the early days, yeah, but he was I... still riding at, the, at a very high level right up till he retired. Yeah, I suppose I got to see the... Not, not... You got to see old Robert. Yeah, older Robert, but I also got to see, you know, he's such a um, he's such a lovely guy, but he had that really fantastic dynamic with Gary Harley that always used mm. to make me chuckle through mm. um, the times when I went up to the Scone Carnival and he would be riding up there. And yeah, he was he, when he came down to Sydney, you always knew mm. he was only coming down to Sydney to ride something that was going very, very well. So I soon cottoned on to that when I saw him coming down for the highways. 63 years of age, and I know um, he's had great support from his wife Jenny and also his kids, but his greatest supporter <laughs> was his mum Phyllis. And I think... Yeah. We're still going to get the pickles or what? Yeah. We've still got the pickles, we'll still get the caramel slice, caramel slice. but <laughs> I think um, uh, now Phyllis can rest easy that Robert's finally yeah. retired. Yep. Yeah. I think she was calling for it for many years, but yes. his greatest supporter, my no word. doubt about it. My word. So, from Robert Thompson, who has ridden more winners in Australian racing history than any other, to the stars of the track yesterday. We're going to, thankfully today, we're going to go through them from race one down to race 10. We're going in order so we can tell you the story of the day. Tim Clark kicked it off for Gay and Adrian on Shahonka, uh, the favourite who went to the front and uh, got the job done. Yeah, she's a nice filly. Uh, she's one block there when she went to Caulfield and don't know what happened there, but she's bounced back and gone bang, bang. Uh, the market uh, got her right. They thought she was a good thing and she, she really delivered. She, she had to take it to 13.50 here and I thought here, well, we'll see if you got anything there. And she did. She lifted when Saigon, you know, was, was starting to launch and she ran right through the line. So she's probably earned herself a crack uh, of going to the Gold Coast for the Magic Millions Day. And she's, she's up and running. She's got great racing style and she's very fit now. Saigon was good first up. Uh, Nikki's fling just probably didn't settle as well as you'd like to see, just being a little bit uh, fresh there second up. Amica wants further. She did enough and, well, who wants to follow uh, air to air? Um, she ran into all sorts of trouble. There's the story of her life. So you could make an excuse. She should have fought the finish right out. It looks like a, a reasonably good form race for the next few months. I'd say so. those, I know that it was a bunch finish, but when you see those horses, there's, each one of them has definitely got a, a race in them that they could potentially win. Well, especially you know, your Nikki Swing was only second up, Amica's was only second up. Um, Saigon first Saigon up. Saigon first up. So they're, they're going to train on it over the summer months, aren't they? Uh, let's go and hear from Adrian Bott and Tim Clark. A tough effort. She had to do a little bit of work to cross. Um, first time at the distance there. She was, she was there to be beaten for, for a while, but um, you know, she stuck on very well and, and kept finding. You've got to love what she did down the straight. Like you said, they, they came at her. Yeah, they, she was there to be beaten, as I said. She, she kept finding. Um, still improvement to come, just with, with that in mind of sort of getting her up to the Magic Million. So I think she'll probably need another run off, off that, um, just whether we get the one here in Sydney or whether she travels up north and, and settles in up there for, for another run. We'll, we'll see what comes after today. But uh, she's done a great job. She, she keeps improving every time she steps out. And, um, yeah, she's a lovely horse for the connections. I guess... Huey's horse began really well, which I expected because I rode her a couple of starts ago. She's very brilliant early where my filly probably just takes a little bit of time to get into a stride and wanted to utilise her lightweight and once we were able to establish the lead, I was then able to get some, some nice check sectionals through the middle stages and I guess she looked in trouble inside the furlong and she's obviously going to uncharted territory past 1200 for the first time but I loved how she dug in and, and really fought there late and fought them off. Okay from uh, Shahonka that was Tim Clark the first leg of a uh, winning double. Let's go to the highway Terry Robinson dominated this race with a Quinella so say you beating Lord de Sanamo. Yeah he's done a great job with them Terry you know they've both been up a while now and they've, they continue just to thrive in that uh, training atmosphere uh, that they're in. Uh, so look, so so you, she's tough. She got a very beautiful ride by Yui. Just a um, look, they just dominated, didn't they? They just singled out. It's a story of his life. 14 seconds now. Uh, Lord De Sanamo, it's incredible. Room numbers uh, gone okay. As has Lucky Banner, but geez, how can you make excuses behind the front too? Once we get out to these um, these 1800 highways, it's you know there's 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 not much other than the, the pack, really. It's... No, you've got to find the one that you think is going to get the trip. Mm. That's the, but, but then you look at Lord de Sanamo's form, he'd had four starts over that trip, the 1,800 metres, and he's never been placed. So he's obviously going very well, mm. but he just 
finds it hard to run past horses. He does. <laughs> uh, just a mention about uh, one of the horses that was tailed off out the back, Casarina. Uh, he um, has got to have an ECG, so he just had uh, uh, veterinary clearances, including an ECG for his next run. Uh, this was uh, Bowman's first winner of the day, and it was another highway for Robbo. Great result. Uh, they've both been very consistent, and it's great to get a Quinella. It's my first Quinella here, and uh, and say, say you. Well, let's, I don't know how many horses have won three. It's, it's my first treble, and I think yeah. she might be one of the first to ever win three highways, so I'm really proud of it. Yeah, it's, look, Terry, I think from memory it's only been done a couple of times. That yeah. might, it could even be the second horse to do it. Yes. But that's um, the luck of the draw, isn't it? If she keeps coming back and eligible, you've got to get the right race. Yeah, well, she's out of this uh, highways now, and uh, look, obviously, you know, the draws have been good today for both my horses, and it's, you know, it's nice they, they finish the race together. Yeah, she's certainly got a mind of her own, and... I learned that when I got on her, but um, she knows her craft and once we got out on the track she relaxed well and she was a dream to ride in the race, just travelled superbly and I was always confident of a good kick. I must admit at the 200 I was concerned for the stable mate, he was coming with a lap full of horse but she just had that bit more will to win and delivered. Alright, let's go to the three-year-old now and uh, Starman returned a winner yesterday. Yeah, and he ran right up to a lovely trial at Rose Hill at uh, Canterbury that he had. He, um, great battle this between our top two jockeys here and Yui just got on the back of um, James there and you, he was going to pounce on him but Starman just had a, a little bit too much for him. He's obviously gelded this preparation, he's come back well and when you thought, well, first up he might just feel the pinch where the fitter horse is going to get him, Sacramony, but he dug in and lifted when it counted. Second horse was good. Warrior Hero was okay. Uh, I, I want to be forgiving. I know he was a, a beaten out of a place, the favourite, Snits on Fire, but he worked early with his 59 kilos, and when he did look beaten, he still stuck on uh, pretty well. So I want to be a little forgiving for him. Bunch finished, but I don't think the race is too bad. No, I think I think the winner has got a bit of improvement still in him. Obviously he was first up, but you can see the way that he was more focused in comparison to how he'd presented and how he'd raced in previous starts. And I must say, Sacramony looks as though he's a horse on an upward curve. Mm. So both of them are two really nice horses. And that's actually what I got out of James after, just before he was about to um, come onto camera. He said, they're two really nice horses. I said, yours is a nice horse? He said, both very nice horses. Mm. Okay, well, this was the first uh, clash of uh, McDonald and Bowman through the day. Let's go and hear from Chris Waller, the winning trainer, and, um, and also James McDonald. Very nice horses. Um, yeah, two good riders, and um, they rode them well, and it was exciting to see them, for me anyway, the last 200 metres, seeing which one would prevail. And uh, I think Starman's come back a really nice horse since he's been gilded, uh, which was unfortunate, but I think it's made a racehorse out of him. He's got a bright future, as, do, as does the second horse. Um, he's still a prep away and a, a bright future. So what's next for Starman? He, he only had a short time off. Mm. Well, I think he would be our main horse for the three-year-old Magic Millions race. Um, obviously a good prize money race, which is important for a, for a gilding. And um, I think it'll fit in well with his fresh up run today and find another race between now and the middle of January. Just his enthusiasm, he was, um, was labouring out of the gates beforehand, just not concentrating on the job. But now very alert, bounced into stride, travelled strongly and... He's got a really good turn of foot on that good ground and um, on debut it was on really quick ground as well so it's ground he enjoys, he's a, he's a sharp little sprinter and he'll go through the greys really nicely. That was a good ding dong battle down the straight with your foe Hugh Bowman. <laughs> yeah absolutely, good one to win anyway, you might have to get a bit stronger Huey. Yeah. Just on that, <laughs> tell us the story there. McDonald's saying Huey should get a bit stronger. Yeah, well, he had to... Um... You were stirring the pot. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. I mean, and he knows that. He loves, he loves stirring <laughs> the pot too. <laughs> and then it sort of continued all day. You know when you make a big statement? Mm, you yeah. know, you've done that in the past. No, who, me? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you make a big statement and then you've got to, you've got to sweat it out until mm. the actual time comes. <laughs> I've made a few of those and it, uh, it's not fun. Uh, <laughs> His was were, only a day. Oh, Mine well, was months. declaring that Welsh legend about 50 metres to go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we won't say what happened afterwards. <laughs> what about uh, what about now? What about this stand? This beautiful new grandstand that has been opened. This is the new Wink stand. It is a public stand at Royal Randwick. No one's going to be asking asking you to for for a ticket to get in. It's a public stand. Everyone's welcome. And maybe it's the new place to be at Randwick, Lizzie. I haven't seen it yet. I can't wait for Villiers Day to, to walk through it, but you were there. Yeah, it is 
absolutely beautiful and it's got a, a it's very modern and fresh and it's got a lovely outdoor setting which I think is probably one of the the greatest assets of it you have got an amazing view down the straight you can see you know it's a great place to view racing and uh, the fact that it is for the public when Winx was the public's horse she was everyone's horse mm -hmm. I think is very fitting yes. for uh, the fact that it's named after her so yeah it was a great launch as well the ATC did, did a wonderful job with their packages and they really captured all the emotions and I must say when you sit back and listen and watch you know the last 50 meters of each one of her runs you understand what wonderful caller Darren Flindell is you know mm. he, in every single one he nailed it every single time so it was it was amazing mm. great day it's going to be a great day next Saturday you know I think people should get behind that stand it's a good day's racing Villiers yep. day and if they don't go out and have a look at that stand it's free like you said it's free once you get in you, yep. know, you, you make your own fun there it's going to be I think it's going to be I can't believe they got it finished I was there on Tuesday morning. I've never seen so many workers there in my life. There's about 3,000 people working on it. Obviously, they were on a, on, a, on a bit of a commission if they finished on time. <laughs> they, they might have been on a bit of a penalty. And don't yeah. forget, they had to uh, drop tools there uh, many times during yeah. COVID. Yeah. And also, there's what's quite exciting about it is they've also left the top part as... Um, that, that there is an option to build another two levels on top if it's if they decide they need mm. to do so. So that's also gives options for you know if the crowds grow in the future and hopefully it's a multi-purpose uh, place for the ATC as well. Oh, a bit lots of functions there. I'm and hearing, it's booked out. It's, yeah, it's, I'm yeah, hearing there's whispers maybe even the, the hotels back on the on the list there for oh. the mm. so that'll work for functions that's for sure. Um, here she is by the way, the champ. Uh, this is taken recently. She's in foal to Piero. She unfortunately lost her her first foal by I'm Invincible, and they've made sure that when she went back again, everything was okay. She's very healthy. Mm. She's well, and she is in foal to Piero. It's incredible. Put her back in her work, Liz. No, I think she's done. <laughs> she's done her. She's done her time. I mean, yeah. It. I. She just looks really happy, and all you ever want is for her to be able to be a mum. And you know, hmm. you know, it's been a. It was tragic what happened to her first fall, but hopefully everything goes well, and she's in the best possible hands, and she looks very, very healthy. Jeez, we had some she good times like with her. Didn't we? we had some good times with her. Yeah, just mm. amazing. <laughs> like when you reminisce, you, and you, and you really appreciate what has happened previously mm. and you also listen to the way that Hugh Bowman spoke on on uh, Tuesday when I saw him and you listen to Chris Waller mm. as well and Peter Ty, Debbie and, and re the rest of the connections of Winks. Mm. You really understand now how much we all appreciate what she's been able to do for racing and what mm. she was able to you know create in the memories that she was able and to achieve. They're getting it right with the two. So many champions don't uh, get the the proper recognition. She's got a lovely statue at Rose Hill now she's got a stand named after her. Yeah. You know, there were many worthy horses throughout the years that probably could have got a stand or a statue, but they, they didn't. So she's being recognised the right way. Yeah. And it'll be there forever. That's mm. it. It's there forever. It's everyone who would attend in years to come who maybe don't know who Winx is, will we able to look it up and understand how she is, you know, how she's shaped Australian racing, really. I mean, she's been part of the fabric now and she's, she's folklore. Mm. We're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, we're going to see the run of the day at Rose Hill uh, when we return on Thoroughbred Week Weekly. Okay, let's go back to the start of race number four. We can't show you the finish unless we show you what happened in the early part because this what this what made the win of Mr Mosaic uh, so extraordinary yesterday. We picked them up, jumping away from the gates. There's Marway in the blue with the black sleeves and Mr Mosaic in the purple hunting up underneath it and they're going to clear out. Marway's going to take Mr Mosaic on all of the way. Then you've got Liberty Sun, then you've got Tycoonist uh, running third and fourth. Yeah, well, once he jumped so well and then he got a dig and he over-raced Marway, you thought if you were on Mr Mosaic, you said, well, that's the end of the section. He's, he hasn't been known for his, you know, his intestinal fortitude. So when they get up to him on the point of the turn here, you, know, you, you don't see horses win from that position. When you're half length from the outside, you're flying up front, and then the swoopers chime in. So you take your eyes off him. You say, well, he's going to finish worse than midfield. And then you're looking at all these other horses, and I think, you know, all of a sudden Liberty Sun, and then he comes out and there's a protest there with Tycoon, he, he hampers him. Um, 
on the lead comes at them and we've, we've, we've all forgotten about this horse on the inside. How did that happen? I'm still trying to work out how that happened. Yeah. Um, maybe they they got tired and he, run through, he had the hide to run through the line, that horse as well. So pretty good effort. He's back. He had no weight. You want to see him do it again. You know, he's been a yeah. bit of a fresh horse in the past because he leaves plenty on the track, they say, mm -hmm. in his trials and whatever. So interesting horse. Yeah, he is. He's quirky individual. Mm. He used to be really big. Oh, he's still very big and muscly, like a good solid sprinter, but he used to be really big, like he big cheeks, everything. And I think the gelding has done him the world of good. And mentally, as we hear from in the interview, he seems to have come back a level, which is it's all about conserving your energy at home and then using it on the track. And that's clearly what they're hoping to and aiming to do for him for the future. Mm. Poor Greg McFarlane. He, 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 was <laughs> he thought he'd won. He thought he won. He yeah. cheered. He ran away. He was ready to accept the trophy. Well, I and then I actually, and then he yeah. lost second. He, there was a protest. Tycoonist yeah. uh, was promoted to, to th uh, second, and, and he dropped back to third. Liberty Sun. But I actually didn't. I really didn't notice him on the inside, Mr. Mosaic. I no. thought it was between the two Everyone horses, did. and I and then I switched the, the last yeah. minute and I saw him. But I think that. Do you, I wondered if it was if they were very far apart. You know, they were far apart. Is that why? Well, yeah. Well, the four-meter rail, you know, out wide, it can be a distorted effect. But I'm convinced they got three quarters of a length in front. At yeah. least. At least. At least. Yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt they cleared him easy. Quite a quite a win. Okay. Um, now let's go back and uh, hear from Sterling Alexio, co-trainer with Gerald, and also this young man who was responsible for lifting that horse over the line, Reese Jones. I just thought mid-race they were just going too quick and they were going to fold up, but. Um, yeah, very tenacious win. You got the inkling that he was just going to battle on and, you know, try and hold on to second or third or fourth or fifth when Marway dropped off, but to have the audacity to fight back like that. Yeah, well, once Josh sort of cornered and he had started, he sort of started getting in on a bit tight on top of him. I thought, oh, you know, you'd be doing well to run fourth here, but, um, you know, I think I think last preparation as a as a colt, he might have. Um, thought about folding up but it yep. just seems a different horse his preparation. He's done really really well, it was a huge tough run from him. Um, he began really nicely, started to fire up a little bit when Marway came to his outside, gave me a little bit of trouble but didn't want to fight him too much, just keep him comfortable, keep him breathing, keep him in a nice little rhythm um, and he was really tenacious to come back like he did and put his, put his nose down on the line. Well, how did it win? And then we got to race five, the race after, and we were saying the same thing. How did this win? Arctic Thunder. Look at the performance of this uh, mare rushing home down the outside. Yeah, she's a nice mare. She's unbeaten fresh. Um, he just popped onto the back of one um, with cover at the right time, McDonald. And I, I thought, I don't know whether you could claim Nick Tock was home uh, because, you know, he was always suspect that last 50 metres at 1,300 metres. He's run a brave race. She's Cathy had a day out there and a couple of, couple of <laughs> would have thought she was home twice, I would have yeah. thought. Yes. Even James got off and said, oh, I feel sorry for Cathy. <laughs> That's mm. what he said. But this mare is better than this grade, one. And two, she's come back completely differently in her look as well. So for me, she's she was winning the, the highway, last, uh, the midway, sorry, last preparation, looking quite rough in the coat, not full in her uh, figure. She seemed as though she needed a lot more um, muscle and and definitely weight on her. And seeing her yesterday, she's ticked over really nicely. So I think she's better than that grade, and she's going to be really competitive. Rebel Bros ready to win, and I thought Awesome Lad was amazing there. He was wide no cover the whole way, and he was very, very tough. That was two good runs now. Here's uh, Gary Portelli and James McDonald. Had a 200, I thought um, you could see she'd spotted the leader and she went into up into another gear. She's a pretty good filly, I think, this filly. She's going to go through a mare. She's going through a gears now, and a, a, a grades, I should say. But when she knuckles down, she really does chase hard, and I didn't know whether this, the leader kept kicking strongly, so I was a lot happier when I saw the photo come up, that's for sure. He was three wide, but he was balanced and he wasn't in any hurry. Look, I think that uh, any apprentices out there, go and watch a replay. I was sitting next to James Fathers, my racing manager, watching. He was one off down the back, and he's noticed a spot he could have been three deep with cover following um, uh, the second favourite, actually. Um, and then he followed it three deep and then peeled out around at the top of the straight and just let her rip. You know, it was just textbook stuff. He just kept finding them spots that when you're in form, you can do. And uh, he had the right horse under him. And um, for his manager at home watching this, so his strike rate's pretty good now. Camp, it'd be good if he can keep and, you know, we look after him. It was a bit messy earlier. 
I was in a spot, but it just seemed nothing was happening. So I popped three wide to try and get into the race, but had to make her own run. She's done a marvellous job. All the credit has to go to her because she sustained a 500 metre gallop and to get there right on the line. But luckily she was um, trained to the minute and fit and ready to go today. Okay, now we get to race number six, and this was the first leg of a double for the Snowdens and also Karen McAvoy, PK's legacy. Now, I thought this, there was an inkling the stable thought he'd improve third up, and he, that's exactly what he did. So he obviously appreciated uh, stepping up in distance here, and he really reacted at the 1,800 metres, and he was just a little bit too strong for them. Rousseau's had his chance, he's fit, he's up and running. Uh, I want to follow the third horse, spelt it. I think he's got more uh, upside. He was never balanced because the wind was laying all over him and and, and he's only lightly raced. He, he looks like a horse that in this grade I must say and, and he's eligible for weaker races so he's just he's just got in that little bumping jewel of the winner and I, I, he's not experienced enough for that spell tet so he's the one I want to take out of the race actually he bought about half of that himself um, wanting to run out himself so I, I think he's the one I follow out of that race at a lower, at that yeah, level. Yeah, it was an ordinary race. Yeah. Okay, we had some technical, uh, major technical problems yesterday with cameras going down. We, we were left with just one camera uh, yesterday at Rose Hill and our audio went down as well, so we can't bring you too many more of the interviews for the rest of the day. Uh, so we're going to take a break right now. We'll come back with the second leg of the double for the Snowdens and also McAvoy with Hueda after this. What a great acquisition this horse is for the Snowdens. Two starts, two wins in Australia. Hueta uh, has been impressive both times. Yep, but he's on his way. He's a nice progressive type. Like I said, he's up a, a, another grade there yesterday. Come through with flying colours. They slowed up. He got on uh, on their heels, lost a bit of momentum, but he certainly gathered his momentum the last 100 metres. So, look, he... He will find out how good he is if he goes to the Summer Cup because it's another big, big leap for him. Obviously, he'll get in with a much lighter weight than this. So he'll add a lot of interest and we'll find out how, how good he is. A Welsh legend, she's probably wound up now. She was just 1,400 to 2,000 and that'll top her off for next time. Come Bella Fee probably wants a wet, uh, softer track. And Borna King was okay. Um, he did a little bit of work and I, I thought he was okay, so I'm, I'm not giving up on him, but very interesting horse, the winner. Yeah. That was very funny to watch you two there yesterday. <laughs> that was very funny. <laughs> Duff, well, I don't, get a, I don't get a win over that often. I know. <laughs> I enjoy it when I do, but I love her early crows. Though. I know. Lizzie went the early crow and <laughs> roared for... Uh, for, um... Yes, a few expletives after. <laughs> yes. But he is a very nice Potty mouth. Mm. <laughs> Potty mouth. <laughs> I wonder where I get it from. <laughs> Been hanging around you for so long. Why, ha ha falls. Race number eight is the next race we'll show you here. Uh, yeah, this is a nice horse. This is a nice horse. He's been carefully handled by John, which he does. He, he, he stays patient. So he's a four year old. This is only his fifth start. Uh, First time he stepped up in distance, I like him. He could charge through his classes, this horse, wet or dry, no issue at all. He outbobs the very heavily backed favourite, uh, Francesco Gardi, who's got his foot on the till. Uh, Casino, uh, Casino Kid is, is, is a very honest horse. He, it's not, hard, not easy for uh, highway horses to, to lift up to benchmarkers and still perform well, but I like the winner. Yep, like the winner, like the second horse. Both look very progressive, but yeah, you're, those are the two you're taking home from mm. yesterday's race. But I thought Casino Kid, like, well placed. He's going to win definitely a benchmark race the way he's racing at the moment. Well, he's still eligible for a highway, isn't he? I think. Catlin, mm. mm. uh, race number nine, uh, very good, then average, then very good. Yeah, well, um, that's one of the great mysteries. We were all worried that she couldn't get through a prep, but she bounced back. Nice ride, I must say. Tim put her in perfect trailing position. They didn't go hard, they've, they've, they've steamed home here in 33.9, quickest of the day from the leader on. So she's back in business with everything falling into place. As I said, big boy Roy, um, he was ridden aggressively and he was very good for further. 
I, I keep making excuses for brutality. Um, I, I just don't think they went out hard hard enough for him. When they're coming home 33-9 and he's got to make ground with 60 kilos, I, I thought he had legitimate excuses. And I think once we pick up the sectionals, uh, we'll work that out for ourselves. So don't give up on him. And we're going to have a wet week, and I don't know whether he sneaks in the Villiers or not. So I'd still be considering him as a real Villiers prospect. And this was sort of the theme of the day, wasn't it, with the last few races from James McDonald mm. running second and looking like he had it in the bag. Yes. Each time. Now well, things turn. This is how his day went. But what we get to the last race, Bowman had ridden two, Clark two, McAvoy two, McDonald two, and Reese James with the one. So they run, and it's all linked with Chris Waller, of course. Chris Waller had six seconds as well as James. First race, second on Saigon, then he wins on Starman, then he gets second in race four on protest with Tycoonus. Then he won with Arctic Thunder, then second with Russo, second with Welsh Legion, second with Francesco Gardi, second with Big Boy Roy. Mm. We get to the last, what happens? He wins. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, uh, and, and Chris Waller ends up with another winner and McDonald makes it three. Yeah, and a good odds too. I think it's six or seven dollar chance. So he'd just been, he presented well third up um, as a fit horse, hit his peak at the right time. It was as simple as that. You could say Tam Tamerlane was a little unlucky. On the point of the turn, nothing brought him into the race. He just got hurled up and hampered behind Hawker Hurricane there. So it may have cost him the race, but that's just clutching at straws, uh, uh, possibly. Uh, Queen Bellissimo, I thought she was brave on speed because they went out pretty hard here, as we expected. Uh, so I, I thought her effort was good and ex same with much, much better. He rode that speed with, the, with that big weight and nothing could survive that. Um, but uh, the horses back in the field fought it out. Must say, you walked on the Rose Hill thinking, well, there's no features today. We've been sport. There's no million dollar races today. And it was just a, a race meeting full of benchmark racing. But it was fantastic racing yep. on the track. Yep. Everything yep. competitive. A lot of excitement there to see Mr. Mosaic and Arctic Thunder. And the form, yep. what's nice is the form worked out. Uh, mm. You know, I mean, you might not have found all the winners, but the form was working out. The right horses the track were winning was, the races. The track was perfect. I tell you what I spotted yesterday. Uh, I think the highlight of the day yesterday was this pony race in Queensland. Mm -hmm. We've been calling for it for years and years and they've always got an excuse. Uh, but look, this is the backbone of our sport. Do you know how many jockeys come from pony clubs? And, and, and when if pony clubs are vibrant with young, enthusiastic young children, um, look at this thing. Oh, I've never seen a horse go so fast. You know what? Chris Waller should be ashamed of himself. <laughs> Another winner for Waller. He every other race and he wants to win the pony race now. Yeah, look this at that is incredible. Horse. I've seen some, you've seen One all the pictures and the the social media and Lindy Morris has done an absolutely wonderful job getting this off the ground along with Magic Millions and supported by many, many people who I probably, you know, I couldn't uh, list to, to say. But what has been achieved there is they've captured a new generation, a younger generation, and the thrill that this young Antonia would have had. What about winning the photo the race, you showed yeah, me? Yeah, the photo, the, the gaping smile, everything. And, it was just a. And it there was, was interviews with the kids, and they loved it. Was, it. it teaches was them you know, how to compete, how to lose. It's a great thing. And I, I don't know that someone used, tried to use the insurance thing to me, if, you know, and they said, oh, no, we can't do it, you, you can't insure them. What happened there? That must have been... Well, at the Inner Dominion on um, next Saturday night at Menangle, they will run the Inner Dominion for Mini Trotters. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're and it'll be very popular. It'll, it'll be popular. So, and that's where all the young drivers are coming through. So why not? I know the ATC are in talks with, or have been in talks with Lindy uh, from Thoroughbred Industries Careers for a long time um, about potentially getting a pony race here off the ground. And there is a date that they have potentially penciled in for Australia Day at Warwick Farm. So Good. I hope that comes to fruition. Right. And um, I just better start looking for a few points. Yeah, you're going to have to pick it up. I think it's that popular. It should be over the championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah put I'd them on love big to see it. Uh, and they're all sponsored, were they? Is that why they were wearing their the, the colours? Yeah, or how did the colours come about? Yeah, I think each um, each pony was sponsored. So Magic Millions had a pony mm. there as well, Kieran Ma and Chris, Chris Wallot, yeah. and That's among beautiful. others. And they all they all supported and Godolphin as well. They all supported, and they've all been a big supporter of Lindy uh, Morris's Thoroughbred Industries career. Because I spoke to John Thompson yesterday, and just having a chat with him. And the reason behind this is not capturing a new race-going audience. It's trying to capture new people to work in the Participants. industry. Participants, yes. And 
what we're lacking at the moment is with the borders being closed, we're not able to bring, you know, the imports like myself over. Mm. So there's a lack of workers. John Thompson said, you know, I've got, I usually have seven riders. I've got, you know, three or four riders at the moment. Yeah. And that is a theme throughout Sydney and throughout the whole of Australia. So this is what they're trying to do. They're trying to get people back into racing and love it from, you know, the ground up. And, and that's exactly how you do it by creating these um, exactly. races. Exactly. Japan have a big one as well with the kids. Make it happen. Just make it happen. You're spot on. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Michael Maxworthy, get your black books open. He's got plenty of winners for this Brisbane Carnival. <laughs> and then Darren McCauley will join us from Perth to look at the Group 1 Kingston Town. We had a wonderful day's racing at Doombin yesterday. It was a bumper card, 10 races. The highlight was the Group 3 tab. George Moore sprint over 1,200 metres coming through as race number nine on the car. The weather was fine. Uh, the track was just into the soft range. It started out quite soft but progressed nicely throughout the day. And uh, the first of the highlights was race three on the card. It was the Eagle Way for three-year-olds over 2,000 metres. And David Van Dyke produced a nice three-year-old filly called Gypsy Goddess. She'd had two starts for two wins. Things were looking okay, but coming towards the home bend, there was a lot of trouble and she was speared very wide, turning into the straight, but she managed to balance up and scored a comprehensive win. Right at the 350, quickly, Ashgrove is shot clear here. St Martin's gone, Pool Piney runs home. Deep Tempest between them. Gypsy Goddess down the outside, finishing strongly. The leader narrowly is Ashgrove, but getting the wobbles up now. Pool Piney and also Gypsy Goddess on the outside. Gypsy Goddess down up, grabbed the lead and Gypsy Goddess is too good. One from Pool Pony, third to Ashgrove. On to race five on the program, it was the winning Rupert over 1,200 metres. And with the scratching of Tiger Heart early on in the day, punters were all over far too easy. Trained at Bewillenbar by David McComb. That's him in the green colours, running on strongly down the outside. At the same time, keep your eye on the horse running last. Referro, the leader from Zuma, California. Far too easy, running home very, very strongly. Back near the inside is Michelle, and back behind those is Enabler, but far too easy. Brad Seward on board, riding with the spirit of Chris Caserta, racing clear, and far too easy, won by two lengths of Zuma, California. Third to Jackson on time, followed further back by uh, Ward Daddy. Well, race number seven on the card was the Tattersall's Recognition Stakes, over 1,350 metres. Uh, this race was supposed to be run last Saturday at the Gold Coast but was washed out. Then again on Wednesday it couldn't be staged at Doom and so it was finally staged yesterday and a big cheer went up when the gates opened. Tambo's mate was backing up after running a, a nice placing at Rose Hill last Saturday and that was in the Starlight Stakes. Ryan Maloney sent him straight to the lead. The Herovian was a bit of a drifter in the market. He was first up from a spell. He made a bid in the home straight. The Herovian down the outside. Red Chase further back. Tambo's mate has still got the lead. Tumble Lorenzi inside, Nick and Ova further back with the Horovium, but the leader is still Tambo's mate, and Tambo's mate's one from Tumbler Ridge. A photo for third. Uh, Red Chase squares through Nick and Ova the Horovium. Our next highlight was race eight on the card. It was the Eureka Stud Classic, and Steph Thornton got the uh, award for the ride of the day on Miami Fly. She drew barrier number 14, and uh, this filly hesitated slightly at the start, and Steph had to push her along and miraculously got her into a one hour position in sixth spot and that's all she needed to do. The Philly Miami Flies did the rest. Centre fire one diva. Here comes the favourite Miami Flies. Eloquently the inside. Kisakano down the outside but Miami Flies has grabbed the lead. Kisakano trying hard. Eloquently the inside but it is Miami Flies too good. She's won from Eloquently Kisakano. Well there was a lot of drama before the highlight. The group three George Moore over 1200 metres. They were in the starting gates and shooting for gold who was well back to beat the hot pot zoo style. Red in the gate, shooting jockey Boris Thornton out the back. Now the horse I believe was okay, he was led back to the stables. Boris Thornton had to go to hospital for observation. And there was another scratching to simply fly was also withdrawn so major deductions were had. Zoo style did what he does, he bounced the gates quickly. Stampy tried to go with him for a while but he was in cruise control coming down the side of the course suit 
Roos style, seemingly going only three-quarter pace. And again, he was impossible to run down. Kudos to the runner-up, Baller. He was very good again. At the 100-metre marker, Zoo style from Baller. Zoo style is in front. Baller trying, but Zoo style. Zoo style's one from Baller. Stampy third. Hard Empire, good late for fourth. Then Signore Fox, Alligator Blood. Well, I've said it before. He's an absolute pleasure to watch Zoo style. So that's nine starts in Queensland for nine wins. And it was a big day for Brad Stewart as well. He rode a feature race double and for the Tony Gollan stable, Zoo style provide them with four wins on the day. On to the last. The last race was the mode for the three-year-old fillies. It was a big open race. But the best supported runner was Rhapsody Rose. Now she can play up before the races and she did that again yesterday. But when the gates open, Rhapsody Rose was all business. Rhapsody Rose has taken over here from Coco Rots. Glorious Ruby, the inside, uh, put on the red light, is flashing down the outside. Rhapsody Rose, a leader from Put on the Red Light. Rhapsody Rose in front of Rhapsody Rose has won from Put on the Red Light. So Rhapsody Rose did a little bit of work in the early part, but she was a little bit too good for them in the wash-up. Trained by Chris Muntz, written by Ryan Maloney. And Chris said that he's going to target the Magic Millions guineas in mid-January with that filly. So it was a wonderful day's racing yesterday. We head back over the road to Eagle Farm this coming Saturday. The highlight's going to be the gateway over 1,400 metres, uh, that race that has the automatic entry to the winner into the Stradbroke Handicap next year. And Apache Chase is going to probably be the warm favourite. Until then, it's bye for now. Let's go over to Perth right now. It was 40 years today that Darren McCauley started his broadcasting career when a youngster walked into the studios of 6PR in Perth. The former postman from Kalgoorlie had made the big time. Darren, congratulations. I hope there's many more years to come of fabulous broadcasting over there in Perth, but 40 years not out, well done. Good on you, Greg, thanks indeed. Appreciate your lovely sentiment there. Good morning to Lizzie, Duff and you, Greg. This morning I've changed the order around just a little. <laughs> Keep everyone happy. But it was a lovely day there to celebrate 40 years of broadcasting. It's come around very, very quickly. And a big thanks to Racing and Wagering, WA and to Perth Racing for the acknowledgement that they afforded me yesterday. It certainly made the afternoon a very special one for me and my family as well. That's fantastic. And what about the day itself on the track? Uh, it was Peters again, but it wasn't the horse that everyone thought would win the Kingston Town. No, exactly right, of course. It was history at Ascot, as we were all forecasting it would be, but it wasn't this very, very heavily backed short price commodity in Western, Power, uh, Western Empire. It was Regal Power who was the one that was able to cut it down. Pike, though, had found himself out three, four deep trying to get in right from the outset. But he just didn't get the rub of the green and Pat Carberry sat back there as quiet as a little church mouse and pounced late here on a horse who'd already won a railway stakes and an all-star mile and a derby. So it was a derby winner beating a derby winner yesterday in the Kingston town. Kiss on all four cheeks. Brave as always there in the turquoise and white. She'd been placed in a railway and also has finished third. She protested unsuccessfully against Pike uh, there on Western Empire. And you can just see here the start of the race too as the gates open back. Willie Pike comes out and he comes out very positive there back with the Cerise White but the black cap. Pat goes straight back and he's got Kiss on all four cheeks tucked up just inside his hindquarters. He's trying to angle in. You can see Western Empire's neck just screwed sideways but Chris was having none of that. But it took him till about the 1100 before the pressure eased and then Pike had found himself in the cheap seat. So he certainly didn't get luck go his way yesterday, that's for sure. Darren, uh, Pike gets, obviously when you get a dollar twenty chance gets beat, you, you, you know, you can blame Pike sitting three deep, no cover. But I, I, I just think he was a victim of circumstances there. He did have a go and he got suspended for it, but he did get him in a nice rhythm after that, even though having to cover ground. I thought the pace was still quite muddling, Duff, because whilst they've gone 148 and change there, they just seem to back right off. And a number of the riders post-event did actually say that. They thought 
that it was a bit topsy-turvy, the pace of the Kingston Town yesterday. So whilst he was up there, he was still chugging a bit and he couldn't quite just get him to breathe and relaxed as well as he would have liked. And I thought then he had had enough by the time he had got to the home corner. It was going to be a case of all or nothing from this point on as they reached the corner. And he went up there, he took on that leader coming into the corner and uh, said, well... We're going to win this or we're going to get run over. And he happened to get run over by a very good horse who went into the race yesterday completely underestimated, given the fact that it had won a railway stakes and an all-star mile and was a dominant three-year-old, a classics winning three-year-old himself. What about this training performance of Grant and Alana Williams? And what now of the story that's continuing to evolve there with their association this remarkable association with Bob Peters and Peters Investments. So it's it's coming to somewhat of an end. I'm, I'm hearing that Grant and Alana are going to still have uh, horses for Bob Peters, but it's not going to be the numbers that they're accustomed to at the moment. Yeah, absolutely spot on. That's exactly what we have uh, been now made to understand, that there, there isn't going to be a severing of the partnership per se. What there is going to be, there's going to be a reduction in the number of horses that they train for Bob and Sandra Peters. I think it's widely known here that Grant and Alana haven't been happy with the business model for some time now, given the success that they've had with these horses over such a long period of time. And uh, they're starting to look towards the future. They're a brand operation, of course. They've had so much great success. They're Group 1 trainers and... Um, you know, they're starting to look for more and more outside clients as they plan their futures, and I think justifiably so. Let's go to Bob Peters and see what he had to say after winning yet another Group 1 and etching another piece of history at Ascot. No, I've always said this is the best race in Western Australia. It's, I thought the Railway Stakes is the uh, hardest race to win, but this race is the best race. They wait for age. The horses have equal weights, uh, depending on their age, and... Uh, the best horse wins. Today the best horse was Regal Power. It might sound like a strange question, but did it matter to you at all who won, as long as, I mean, you've got the Quinella. Does it mean any more to you or less which horse won? No, I'm very happy. I've told anyone that would listen that uh, this horse was going well. I aimed him at this race and purposely missed the railway stakes. And uh, his two runs in have been very good. He's a proven weight for age winner. He likes the distance and um, everything was in his favour. We never underestimated this horse. We were, we were thinking he was back somewhere near his old self, so it's great to see. And today he was. Grant, you're emotional. Tell us why. What does this mean? Oh, well, he's taken us to some pretty good places, his horse, so it's one another group one. What about the job that Alana does with these horses? Pretty good, yeah. We uh, probably need another couple of her, but we've got really good staff at home. It's really good. Um, our riders are great. They sort of, they got a good coach as well. Um, it's a great team. Obviously, uh, it's probably good to be on the underdog out of the two. Um, the pace was really, really slow. He settled really good. He's got a bit of a history of not settling well, but uh, he settled better than most of them in the race. And um, obviously with the way the race has run, sort of had to chase a little bit further out than probably what obviously would have liked. But, um, Obviously, I only ridden him once before, but um, you know, doing his form and just knowing that the feel he gave me when I rode him first up, uh, he's got an enormous motor, um, uh, great stamina. I knew that he'd be strong at the end. He felt the pinch a bit, um, but his sectional would have been really good and just really, um, really thankful for the ride. All right, Darren, now let's look at the other features on the day. And from, uh, from here on, we're going to talk about Simon Miller. Absolutely, the big fella. Well, you couldn't have wiped the smile off his face with Marvia yesterday. He was absolutely sprinting into the winner's circle. He couldn't believe it. Uh, notching up three successive black-type wins. The first of them with Valor Road, who's become a magnificent flag-bearer for the stable. Down the outside in the colours of Desi Carvel, the red, white and black. $60,000 purchase. He's now won $1.5 million and he beat home stage man, their stage man, yet again the bridesmaid. 
Now, Lewa, Pat Carberry got his eye in here for the Kingston Town. Back there with the white cap in the Emirates colours. He is just squeezing through. Got through the opening inside flying missile. Stay safe. The stable mate of the winner. And she continued her splendid form. Pat's confidence sky high going into the group one. And there's the next of his winners, Angelic Miss, back there in the green, maroon colours to the extreme outside as she erupts. And she does have this incredible turn of foot, as we like to coin it. And she absolutely cut Bright Diamond down there. So it was a magnificent win there by a mare that's been in spectacular form. So Simon... End of the day, it was a day of uh, great joy and jubilation for his team. He couldn't believe it. He just kept looking into the stands and shaking his head, thinking, how good is this? So it was a wonderful result for him, and it was a great result, of course, for Team Williams, Williams once again to achieve what they've been able to do. But there's some big stories bubbling along there. Of course, they're included in one of those. And so is William Pike. He got a 17-day suspension yesterday after that ride in the Kingston town, so he'll have time to sit back, reflect, cool his jets. But, of course, the other big story is about what will occur with the vaccination mandate here in WA. At this stage, we are unsure which direction Willie Pike, one of the greatest I've ever seen, which direction he's going to head in. So uh, some interesting times over the next month. It's going to be uh, in the news for sure. Um, are we going to get over there next year? Will your emperor... Open up the borders for us. <laughs> I'm certainly hoping that that is the case. I've got the legs crossed, and if I look a little lot, I'm cross-eyed as well at the moment, Greg. There, we are doing everything in our power. Our favourite Chinese restaurant is almost broke since you stopped coming across here. You say we'll be getting down there to the uh, to that beautiful place we love to go. Uh, just on one word too, uh, we run the Kleenex Awards over here every year, and the 2020 one winner. It went right down to the line. It was almost a dead heat between Chris Waller and Grant Williams and we're delighted to announce that Grant Williams has won the Kleenex Award. Congratulations. Congratulations. Well done, Papa. Well done, Papa. <laughs> great, great performance. Waller hey. hasn't had his best year, I must no, say. No, he hasn't. Yeah, he hasn't had his best year. Just that Simon Miller's come a long way since we helped co-train those horses many years ago, hasn't he? I was thinking the same thing. Mm. And, and yeah. doing it, and, and we're now we're doing it remotely for him. Uh, you I know. know. It's all over the phone. It's amazing. Um, it's amazing how it always comes back to you two. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you make it about yourself, it's always going to come back. Uh, Rightio, thanks. Thanks, Cobb. All the best. Thanks, Greg. And it was lovely that Simon mentioned uh, you, Duff, at the presentation yesterday, oh, too. Yeah. On three occasions, so <laughs> nice guy. <laughs> That's it. All right. Thank you to Darren McCauley and to all the crew in Perth who uh, covered that carnival so well. And uh, that's our last show for the year. But we've got plenty more work to do, just not on a Sunday morning. Exactly. All right? Yep. Sounds Thank good. Thank you. Thank you. See you, see you later. <laughs> Thank, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thanks for joining us.